Hey, what's up, folks? Thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word and subjects related, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we might keep God's law and we might observe it with our whole hearts. Psalm 119, verse 34. This episode is a continuation of the periodic theme that I do, newsprint, where I review a past newspaper article that faithful evangelist Kenneth Gossett wrote in years past that I would like to keep alive because they're good articles and the truth needs to be taught. And there are others who are interested uh, in this particular theme that I do on my podcast channel because they love and appreciate our brother Kenneth Gossett. And most importantly, they love the truth. This episode is titled A Soul from Death, and it's uh, written about and written on the verses that come from James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 about saving a soul from death. As always, I will read the article in its entirety first, and then I will review it by making comments on it and making it um, a podcast episode. So let me read the article. It's titled, A Soul from Death. James wrote, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. James five nineteen through 20. This passage was written to Christians and is concerned with Christians. Note the following. One, a brother may err from the truth. Two, he may be converted or restored to the truth. Three, a brother converted from the error of his way is thus saved from death. Four, his salvation is attributed to the efforts of a faithful brother. And finally, five, a multitude of sins is hidden by the conversion. Perhaps you, dear friend, obeyed the gospel of Christ sometime in the past, but have since departed from the way of truth and righteousness. If so, consider seriously the end of your present course and the rapidity with which your time and opportunities are passing. If you are a delinquent member of the church, please feel free to contact us at any time. We desire to assist you in returning to active service in the cause of Christ. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ. If, <clears throat> excuse me, we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Hebrews three, twelve through fourteen, and that's the end of the article. Great little article, short little article. <laughs> but it packs a powerful punch. And it's based off of James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. And I'm going to read those again, and this time uh, from my beloved New King James Version. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I want to reiterate the five things that Kenneth brought out in this article in the same passage for this audio podcast. First, that a brother may err from the truth. It's not God's desire, but it is possible for someone who has become a brother or a sister in Christ. They have by faith been clothed 
in Christ in baptism, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, yet after their baptism, they, they err, they wonder, they stray. It's possible for a child of God to sin after they've become saved, after they've been delivered. It is the height of foolishness to say that, well, if a person sins after they commit their life to Christ, that means they were never saved to begin with. That's the height of foolishness. That's three-fourths of the New Testament was written to Christians, emphasizing that they have the ability to sin after they've become a Christian, but yet God wants them to live a life apart from sin, sanctified and holy. So a brother or sister may err from the truth. We have that ability, and it's going to happen. But the good news, number two, is you or me or she or he may be converted. A brother or sister may err, may even may even so sin that they are no longer walking in the light. It's not that they just slip up once or twice. They, they have even purposely walked away from the light, and they're no longer walking in the light. They're not even reading their Bible. They're, they're, not, they're not even practicing righteousness. It is possible for someone to be in such a state, even after they've been truly saved, either, even after they've been truly clothed in Christ in baptism, Galatians 3.27. But the good news is they can be converted. They can be restored. Listen again to James. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, you see, they can be brought back. They can be restored. That is God's will. After we obey the gospel, if and when we wander, and I don't just mean sin by slipping up or in a moment of weakness. I'm talking about also those sins where we, we become blatant in our sins. There is still grace available. We just have to come back. We must repent. We must confess our sins. James chapter, not James, 1 John chapter 1. And as James chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 teach and imply. Notice third, as was already mentioned in the article. When a brother is converted from the error of their way, they are saved from death. That implies that sin can be persisted in by a child of God and result in death. Folks, if it doesn't mean that, then Bible is not spelled B-I-B-L-E. That is so clear, it's as clear as the word Bible is spelled B-I-B-L-E. Listen, brethren, if anyone among you... Again, this is a passage written to Christians... And concerned with Christians, it's about Christians, someone who is saved, someone who's been justified, someone who's been sanctified by our Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. (coughs) Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. That means a Christian can so sin to alienate themselves from God. They're no longer walking in the light. Instead, they're practicing. They're making a habitual practice of sin. And they're no longer where they need to be. They're headed toward death. And the idea of death is separation. Spiritual death. Death death from God. Spiritual separation from God eternally. You will save a soul from death. 
James writes. So that means every effort that we make to help a brother or sister who's fallen away, who has abandoned the services of the church, who has abandoned the Christian way of life, every effort that we make is worth it because to do that is to help save them from death. And if we help save a brother or sister from death, then we have helped in their salvation process. Notice, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death. So that means they were involved in the salvation process. These folks who, you know, act like there's nothing we can do or contribute or participate in and this kind of thing regarding our salvation or another's salvation, that's just, that's just carelessness. That's just hogwash. It's just eisegesis. That is not biblical exegesis. Biblical exegesis necessitates that we read this passage and that we say it means what it says, that we don't try to brush it off or explain it some other way. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul. What has the person who has helped turn the sinner from the error of his way done? They've saved a soul from death. Folks, that's so clear. <laughs> So their salvation is in part attributed to the efforts of the faithful brother or sister, whether that be me or you or someone else. So we will have helped to participate in delivering a brother or sister from the throes of death. That's worth it. That tells us that the work of soul-winning, soul-saving, soul-encouraging, bridge-building, it's worth it because salvation is at stake. And he who wins souls is wise, God says. And fifth, as the article mentions, the ultimate result here is that a multitude of sins has been hidden. It's been covered. And, and, and that word cover, cover a multitude of sins, takes me back in my mind to how God over and over in the book of Leviticus and in other places said, if you offer these sacrifices, your sins will be atoned. It will atone for your sins. It will make for a covering of sins. Well, the same concept is true today, except we don't offer animal sacrifices. The sacrifice of Jesus has been made once for all time, and that's sufficient. And it's, it's more than sufficient, really. And, and that's, that's the only sacrifice uh, that is available now for the forgiveness of sins, the one that actually appeases the wrath of God and makes God or shows God just. <coughs> Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through, oh, I don't know, 28 or somewhere in there. Just read Romans chapter 3. Covering a multitude of sins. When we help a brother or sister to come back to God, to be restored back to God, to be converted back to God, we are helping to hide to cover a multitude of sins that's that's god's desire for all of us he wants our sins to be covered in the blood of the lamb <clears throat> the problem is is when we begin to live uh, a life that is habitual in sinful uh, behavior we 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 leave the, the the place the location where forgiveness is found the, the body of christ the blood of christ the body flows in the blood so that's why in 1 John chapter 1, 
verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. As you read through these passages, John is describing a, a, a course of action, a lifestyle. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk, that's a, that's a practice. We walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, again, that's a continual sustained action. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sins. It's a continual cleansing. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, even when we're walking in the light, if we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Beautiful thought there. The point is, as James said, if we help a brother or sister be restored, we're helping to cover a multitude of sin. Now, if we are that brother or sister who has wandered from the truth, we are no longer living as we ought to live. We're no longer seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Matthew six thirty three. We are no longer attending and participating in the uh, worship services <coughs> and in the Bible studies, the, the life and the work of the local body. We have become delinquent. And as this article says, if you're delinquent, then you need to know your your prop your your present course is not where it needs to be. It it needs to be in a direction that's headed toward Christ, that's headed toward heaven, not in a course that is walking or even running away from God. And if you make a decision to repent of your sins, that is, change your heart about your sinful behavior as a child of God, and you confess your sins to God, 1 John 1, 9, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. He will forgive you. And if you have so done that, then now you need to bear fruits worthy of repentance, Acts 26, 20. That means now you do that different thing. Now, instead of sitting at home on Sundays, you get back into worship services and you, instead of not practicing the one another passages that are commanded to the local Christians and the local congregations in the New Testament, now you start obeying them again. If it means you, you are once living the life of a drunkard, you're, you're drinking alcoholic beverages, it means you stop. You find a way to stop. You have the right motivation, Christ and your life and your soul and your family and those around you, your brothers and sisters. Now you, you use all the tools at your disposal to stop. Whatever sin it may be, lying, cheating, stealing, you know, murder, adultery, whatever the sin may be, uh, we, we stop. And we bear fruits worthy of repentance. We start doing the good things. Christianity is not merely about stopping doing the bad things. It necessitates that we do the right things instead. And so, if you're listening and you've wandered from God, dear brother, dear sister, let me remind you, Jesus died for you. He died for you the way that he did so that it would be your motivation to serve him. And as I've already read in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, the Hebrews writer reminded them, and he reminds us as we read the letter and we hear it preached, sin is deceitful. If you're thinking that you're okay where you are because 
you know, after all, God God loves me and God God wouldn't let me go to hell, but I'm just going to stay at home and not go to church services. Or I'm going to or I'm just going to, you know, live my life and go to work and I'm not going to say anything to my neighbors about Jesus. I, I'm I'm going to remain quiet. I'm not going to start practicing the things that I know I need to do like going the second mile. Like loving my neighbor as myself. Like Helping widows and orphans in their time of need, James 1.27. I'm not going to do those things that are right. I'm just going to not do the things that are bad. You, you can't do that and be pleasing to God. A soul from death means that you go from living a life apart from God because you've wondered to walking with God hand in hand because you're doing what He says. You have faith in Him, you love Him, and you practice His commandments. If you're listening and you've become delinquent, you've fallen away, you're, if you're in our area, we would, we would be happy to see you. Won't you reach out to God by reaching out to your brothers and sisters, even the brothers and sisters in Christ that assemble uh, with the Washington Avenue Church of Christ here in Jonesboro, Arkansas. If you're listening and you're within driving, you know, a decent driving distance of us, if you're way away, I'll be happy to try to point you to another congregation somewhere. But if you're in the Jonesboro area, and you're a member of the Church of Christ, and you've wandered from the local church. You have wandered from the body of Christ and, and the church and from living for Christ every day and doing the things that He wants you to do. We're here to help you. We would be happy to assist you. We, we want to invite you where we can meet you. A very convenient time to do that is at church services. Here at the Washington Avenue Church of Christ, we have Bible studies on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And we have classes for all ages, literally for all ages, because we care about all ages. <clears throat> the Bible needs to be taught to all ages. And also, we have worship services twice on Sunday, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and on uh, Sunday night at 5 p.m. And you're invited to come and not only partake, but to come and reach out to your brothers and sisters. Confess your sins. God will forgive you. And you can find a congregation here that will love you and support you, will accept you, and will help you in living a penitent life. You know, so if, if, you're, in, if you're in need of that, reach out. You can find me. You can message. You can find the Washington Avenue Church of Christ. You can find us or at least some of our things, our, our stuff, and some of uh, my teaching on Facebook through just our description, Washington Avenue Church of Christ. If you go to Facebook or Google and look us up, you can find it, and you can send me a private message through that, or you can find me, Aaron J. Dodson, on Facebook and send me a private message, and I'll be happy to correspond with you uh, if you're prepared to be restored to God. God loves you. And your time on earth is fleeting. He, he sent His Son to die for you, not only to save you from the, you know, from the, 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 the pains of death from God, of separation from God, but, but to live a life that's set apart, to live a, a more abundant life. John 10.10 10. The, the more abundant life is living for Christ. And so live for Christ Know that your time on earth is short, and if you're living in sin, you need, to you need to be restored back to God. Return to active service in the cause of Christ. Don't listen to sin. Don't live for sin. Don't love sin. 
<coughs> hate sin for what it's for what it is. And remember, sin put Jesus on the cross, and Jesus died on that cross for our sins so that we might be delivered from sin. Remember our brother Paul wrote in the long ago, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Romans chapter 6 verse 2. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? A soul from death. So many great truths. A brother or sister may fall from the, from the truth from the Lord, and that happens. But the good news is they can be converted. And if you or I help in that process, we've helped to save them from death. So that means that every effort we put forth is worth it. It is not a waste of time. It's worth it. Jesus knew it was worth it to come and die on the cross for you and for me, even though he knew we might turn our backs on him even after we became Christians. And it means that salvation <coughs> is enjoyed on their part, in part because we've been a part of it. We have helped to restore them. And the end result is that a multitude of sins has been covered by the blood of the Lamb. And we've helped in that process, and we get to share in the, in the joy of that. We rejoice when a brother or sister has been restored. We welcome them. Let me say a word of encouragement to all of us as individual Christians and in local congregations. When a brother or a sister acknowledges sin, let's wrap our arms around them and encourage them. And I mean that in a modest way. If you wrap your arms around them physically, do it in a modest way. Guys, don't do the frontal hug. Do the side hug. You know, do the handshake. Sit down on the pew with them and pray with them. You can give them a spiritual hug by, by talking to them, by praying. Don't be immodest. Don't be forward. But, you know, let's spiritually wrap our arms around them and make them feel welcome. It concerns me when a brother or sister goes forward and confesses they've live been living a life of sin and one of the elders prays for them and then people walk out the door and don't go talk to that brother or sister that's been restored. That concerns me. It, it makes me think that they have something that's more pressing or more important to do than encouraging the brother or sister who's just repented of living a life of sin. I, I don't think there's anything more important than doing that. I would I would love to see, not that I could actually see this happen, but I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it all over the brotherhood that somebody listened to my podcast on this episode, A Soul from Death, and they were encouraged to not leave after the invitation song and the final prayer, but instead to go put their arms uh, around a brother or sister to go uh, spiritually hug them or, or physically hug them in a modest way. Uh, pray with them after they've come forward. Cry with them. Shake their hand. Look at them. Look them in the face and say, "I love you, brother. I love you, sister," and show them how you're there for them. Don't just say, "I'm here for you." Show them. Take them to lunch. Invite them into your home. Meet them earlier uh, that night before services and talk to them about their walk with God. We need to go deeper than just, "I hope you know I'm always here for you," and then we continue on. We need to show them that we're there for them by taking the time out and giving it to them. I think that will go a long way in helping a soul from death. 
Thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast, which is a work of the Washington Avenue Church of Christ in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We're located at 2001 West Washington Avenue in Jonesboro. We would love to see you for any of our services that I mentioned earlier, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and 5 p.m. on Sundays and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Hope that uh, you are doing well. If you have any questions or you have concerns about uh, the Bible or life and you would like to reach out to me, uh, I'd be happy to try to answer your questions, your questions with the Bible answer to the best of my ability, and even make a podcast out of it. I would not leave, uh, excuse me, I would not even mention your name. I would leave your name anonymous. I could make your question a podcast episode because it would probably benefit others, I'm sure. Again, thanks for listening. God bless, and I will catch you next time.